Welcome, folks, to Brand of Man Ministries, building one disciple at a time for the cause of Christ. I am your host, Will Hunsaker, and I will ask you to please open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 7 for today's episode. Now, here we're going to see Paul provide some truths to explain why it is necessary that God saves us that God saves us, and how he accomplishes that through love and power. So let's go right to the text. From the Apostle Paul, beginning in verse 4. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 2, verses 4 through 7. Folks, right away, right away, In verse 4, we see God break into the sinful condition, performance, and nature of mankind with an enormous wealth of mercy produced by none other than his great love. Now, now is a good time for us to remind ourselves that the love spoken of here, that Greek love spoken of here, is not our delicate definition of love. It is not the sticky, sweet, romantic love of affection that's sealed with a kiss, nor is it a bond of affection between friends or family. The love spoken of here is the Greek word agape, which signifies an affection that mankind on its own cannot produce, nor can they fully understand. This Greek word describes a sacrificial love focused exclusively on giving rather than receiving. Its source is God alone. When we ask why someone must save us, our greatest inclination as Christians should be to answer because we are dead in our sins. We can't save ourselves. Paul reinforced that truth at the beginning of verse 5, and he adds what motivated God to do so. He said, because of his great love for us, he made us alive together with Christ. That's a summary of verses 4 and 5. The grace displayed in our justification really cannot be explained in words. This grace is not being poured out on those without sin. We're all with sin. The love of God surrounded those who, by their very nature, followed the ways of the world and were in opposition to him. Sinners, not non-sinners. There are no people that are holy. God's motivation to save his people was his love poured out upon the sinful world. Paul emphasized this same point to the churches when he wrote his epistle to the Romans. He said, God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's grace. Romans 5, verse 8. 
The unconditional love of God towards sinners lies at the very heart of the gospel and is emphasized by Paul in this letter, especially when he says God made us alive together with Christ. And this happened while we were all jacked up on sin. Imagine that. He wasn't waiting to see how our commitment to faith would go. He wasn't waiting to see how often we would attend church or beat our addictions that we all have. He wasn't waiting to see us defeat sin. He wasn't waiting to see how often we'd read our Bibles or rid ourselves of guilt and doubt. No, God made us alive in Christ while we were still sinners. Again, the grace on display here cannot be expressed in words. We don't have that kind of love for each other or for God. Now, we've all heard the words, God should not love me because of the type of person I am and what I've done in my life. We've probably said those very words to ourselves. And you know what? That's true. Because on the the nature of our infinite and holy and just God, he should not love any one of us, not one. Yet, his justice which should fall upon all of us because of sin, instead fell upon his son. That's his love. By grace, you have been saved. And through this grace, God blankets the believer in his power. Why do I say that? Because God's power is what enables us to respond to his love. We're incapable of doing it without him enabling us. This display of power is beyond our comprehension. He actually changes us. Read John chapter 3 in the conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus. It, It paints a beautiful illustration of this. We can't even see the kingdom of God unless he first acts. He gives us new life. What does this mean? It means that even when we were in spiritual death, God enabled us to love him. In short, we are spiritually resurrected from the dead because of the work of Christ and the love of God. His grace was poured out upon us. We were spiritually dead. Only God is capable of such a feat to raise the dead. It does not matter how many theological books you read, how many times you speak in tongues, how many rosaries you pray, how many times you go to confession, God alone gives you life. Nothing we can do can maintain it, ensure it, validate it. God alone gives you life. Now Paul will explain the nature of this gracious gift from God in the most glorious fashion. It can only come from divine inspiration when we read the words of Paul. And raised us up, he says, with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Those verses 6 and 7. There's a lot there. This grace of God is astounding. Now, if we jump back momentarily to chapter 1, look at verse 20, you see that Paul emphasized the power of God in the resurrection of Christ. Very, very powerful moment. Now, He states, in the clearest way possible, we 
are united with Christ in that resurrection. In the presence of God, we are united. In the heavenly places, we are united. Now, you can see the same reference in his epistle to the Romans, uh, chapter 6, verses 3 through 5, and Colossians, chapter 2, verses 11 through 13. It's all there. Same reference. By the grace of God, we have been given an eternal seat in his presence. We've been made right with God. Tomorrow, folks, no longer needs to be like today. We have been saved. So the question we presented ourselves with originally was, why must God save us? Paul gives us the answer pretty clear, that we are completely incapable of saving ourselves. We are too weak, too worldly, and spiritually dead. It must be done by God alone. The extent of our salvation tells us that it must be a gift of grace. We can't earn it. And the means by which he saves through his love and power points directly to the one who spoke all things into existence from nothing. I believe Paul put it best, as only Paul can, in the opening chapter of his epistle to the Romans. He says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Romans 1, verse 16. And folks, we are only able to believe when God quickens our soul to do so. That's love and power seen in His grace. Thank you for listening. Next, we turn to Ephesians 2, verses 7 through 10 on Open Your Bibles. And here, believers will be given a clear cause to declare God's grace to the world boldly. May God's grace and peace be with you all. And remember, the Bible cannot mean anything different today than it did back then.